Welcome to the Mammoth Games Cast. I am one of your hosts, Night Swarm. With me, as always, we've got Filter Cord. Whoop. And Brian, Major Potty. Yo. I realized that I, I'm doing these half these things. The Filter Cord thing, uh, it, it's almost kind of ingrained in my brain. Filter Cord. I'm always there. Yeah, it's uh, we've been doing it so long that yeah. when I do the opening, I immediately say filter cord. I don't say Austin, and I need to I start was, doing I, that. Yeah, I listened to uh, your guys' episode from last week that I wasn't on, and I was really hoping you would say with me as always, filter cord. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Only Johnny Wright's not here. He's uh, on location in Chicago eating uh, mm. CM Punk ice cream. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to say he was eating CM Punk's... I didn't say that. I have no proof of that. Okay. And only say allegedly. But I did see him with ice cream. Allegedly. Allegedly. All right. So if you guys didn't know, this is the Mammoth Games Cast. As always, you guys can head over to facebook.com backslash Mammoth Games Inc. Check out all the top news and video game stuff right over there. Pretty much everything we talk about here, we talk about over there first. So join that conversation. We appreciate all those likes, comments, and shares as well. Yeah. Over on Twitter, at Mammoth Games Inc. So you know we go live and do junk just like this. Um, so what's been going on? Uh, Filtercord, you were off. Uh, awesome. You were gone last week. Um, yep. And I know we've all been playing kind of a variety of things, so I figured we'd just kind of start the show just by talking a little bit about what we're playing. I have literally, for the live uh, portion of this, I have nothing prepared. Um, Perfect. But what's been going on? Yeah, so um, I wasn't playing a lot. That, while I was gone, I was at the beach, a little family uh, vacation. Nice. So... Everybody will be shocked, I'm sure, to learn that I was mostly playing Crusader Kings. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, upon So I have been playing a lot of... Uh, I can't remember if I mentioned this before or not, because I've been playing it for a little while, but um, the follow-up to Mini Metro, which was... Uh, the follow-up is Mini Motorways. It was on uh, Apple Arcade. How good How good is that game? I played it's it... It's good. It's good. A, lo- a lot. I played it a lot. It's yeah. a great game to just boot up and just kill, like, 15 minutes with. Yes. Yep. To do the dailies and just move on. Yep, it's nice. So that's that's what I've been doing with it. Um, other than that, I have been continuing to play uh, Fallout Four on my full completion. Never touch it again. Never have to think about it again. Run. So who is your character? Did you did you when when you made? Unfortunately, your I did not uh, create the one default that looks like Idris Elba, which that was that was something I did a lot. So I decided to play as the mom in this one because I just think that. The story kind of hits harder if you're the mom, I think. Okay. Um, yeah. I can see that. So, yeah, I mean, and also, uh, like, it, this is true of a lot of stuff that the female voice actress just has a better voice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Assassin's you know, Creed like Odyssey that way. For yeah, sure. Yeah, famously, all these Assassin's Creed games where you can play as uh, either a, a man or a woman, you, the, the woman always has a better voice. Uh, or I guess does a better performance. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, I've been continuing to play that. I'm doing some of the um, DLC right now, which uh, is pretty cool. I'm, so I'm doing Far Harbor. Um, Far Harbor. Far Harbor. Yeah, yeah, Far Harbor was... Um, and there's a lot, there's a lot more going it. on in it than I expected, yeah. Yeah, I, I really liked the... Um, I really liked the... Just like 
over overarching like fog that they just mm-hmm. kind of put mm-hmm. over everything. Everything feels misty. And I guess it, you know, maybe for some people it would pop them out of that, uh, you know, out of that setting. You know, it could be o- yeah. o- like too much. But um, for me, I actually liked it just because, you know, after playing Fallout 4, it, it was it definitely a, almost like a change of scenery. And that is like a thing too where, you know, when you're in uh, Boston, it's even though Boston is a very coastal city, you're very rarely on the coast and when you are you're like you're very exposed, so you don't want to go out there. Mm-hmm. And then um, you know, there's also like the um, there's like the rolling like radiation storms that you can get into. Right. Which are I, I always think they're really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like it, it's extremely interesting atmosphere and everything. Um, so I, I like getting trapped out in that, I guess. And, uh, it's definitely something where, um, you know, you get into that situation. It's like, okay, this, the fog captures all that same stuff. It gets very, um, very, um, um, HP Lovecraftian out yes. there and everything. So yeah, I, I like it a lot. For sure. It's been in Asia since I played Fallout 4 and I might have to give that a shot. It's not good. Not good? <laughs> no. It's not horrible. I mean, it's it's definitely yeah. one of those games where it's like, man, I wish this was. Like, I wish they would have focused on any given thing, five percent more. See, so, and it would have been like an amazing game. I only played the base game. I never played any of DLC, and it was only the DLCs are really good. The year of release too that I played it. Yeah, the the DLCs are some of the best parts. So, in comparison, do do you see um, more parallels, or do you find one superior over the other between Fallout Four? In something like Fallout seventy six, because gameplay wise, I mean, they're pretty much identical. Yeah, so I I really did not put much into Fallout seventy six. In fact, I think somebody could go back and look at us talking about it live. It's probably in the episode title, but um, not not a not a big fan. Uh, I'm I'm probably gonna try it out now that I'm getting more and more um, exposure to Fallout mm-hmm. by playing. Uh, for. Yeah. And I'm probably still going to want more once it's done, right? So. Yeah. It, but it, I'm not happy about it. For, for me, <laughs> um, it, like where Fallout 4 has this overarching story, um, mm-hmm. which I, I, I'm not going to say is good or bad. It's whatever. Um, yeah, I think the story of 3 was stronger. but Much stronger, yeah. Um, Fallout 76 has those stories but they're in specific locations doing specific things and they're not so much um like uh like a story like on the live stream right now we're watching uh a gameplay part one you know where they're first walking into the vault you know when at, at, in fallout 4 when you're ushered from mm-hmm. your home um, oh the, the start like the, the kickoff is amazing kickoff's good um yeah. that that being you know that being one of a very few amounts of time where it's it, it is it is really really good the story um 76 has some, something similar but a lot of it is like found stuff like oh this the, you know this vault's been here for uh like 150 years or something everyone inside of it is dead maybe yeah. hopefully everything inside of this vault's dead um hopefully yeah. and and i'm getting to explore those lives um which is a, kind of like a separate interesting bit. Um, 
you know, something that you can get in Fallout 4 uh, as well. But, um, yeah, it, it, that's always a thing that I always thought about. I'm like, I, I don't think I could put one over the other just because of, they're li like literally the same thing. Um, so, yeah, that's cool, though. Um, what about you, Brian? So... We don't... I know we talked a little bit about what you've been playing. So. Yeah, a lot of what I'm about to say, you've heard already. But um, I've been trying to play Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I've put now 75 hours into it, and I find myself in a place where I need to just walk away. I'm having a hard yeah. time just staying wanting to, or dedicated to wanting to continue to play it. It, it's been kind of disappointing, honestly. It's... I'll say that the the world that they built for Valhalla is amazing and uh, gorgeous. It's... Sometimes when you see just some... The more cinematic... Or cinematic uh, scenery that you can go to... It, it really is astounding, especially if you're playing on like a next-gen console or something. But beyond that... I'm just struggling to find myself caring about wanting to continue forward in respect to I the main character you play as Ivor is a bit of a blank slate and doesn't really resonate with me like what Cassandra did for Assassin's Creed Odyssey or Bayek did in Origins or really any of the other assassins and that's kind of I think one of the big things I've been struggling with is that uh, Ivor just doesn't seem like there's really much character motivation for why the story is there. And then as far as the story itself goes, I'm not really sure... I mean, beyond the purpose of like just helping out your Viking clan claim, claim areas in England and also establishing alliances with the four different kingdoms of like East Anglia, Wessex, Mercia, and Northumbria... There really isn't much to go on of like why you're going to do this. I mean, the Assassin's Guild, or in this uh, current era of Assassin's Creed games, as they're known as the Hidden Ones, they're there and they're established, but the reasons for wanting to explore the story of that just... It's not as readily available, and I think what's going on is that they're exploring a lot more into wanting to be an action RPG... And so they're focusing more on the gameplay mechanics and the leveling up and the stats and stuff, but they're leaving behind a lot of the things that made Assassin's Creed games kind of what uh, a lot of people liked to begin with. Uh, and it, a lot of times when like you're sneaking up on a base, it, the pathways of gameplay that they're presenting to you and the way the um, enemy NPCs are going doesn't provide a lot of the same stealth options that you normally would find and granted that could be more because you're in the age of viking and your character is a viking so they're not exactly as renowned for being stealthy sneaky stabby kind of people they're and that might be the reason why but for another iteration of this franchise i just find it kind of lacking in character motivations or just even interesting characters and I would go as far as to say that if you're really jonesing for a good Viking storyline 
watch Vikings, the History Channel drama that came out a few years ago that just recently yep. wrapped up last year, that show is absolutely amazing and far more engaging than what <laughs> Fall Hall has been. Which, I'm just like, it's been disappointment for me. Like, there have been small things that I've been finding fun about it, but a lot of it just kind of feels like busy work and filler content. Even the side quests that, like, you would come across in Assassin's Creed Odyssey that would tie into old Greek stories like Oedipus Rex, where you came across the one guy that you quote help out, but then end up fulfilling his destiny anyways of the Oedipus Rex story. Uh, that was far more interesting than anything that I've come across in Assassin's Creed Valhalla where maybe the most entertaining side quest I've come across is you come across you find this old woman hiding in the sewers beneath a vent and you give her viper eggs so that way she can fart really badly and drive away every everybody that's hanging <laughs> around the vent above ground Hell yeah! <laughs> but it's just a lot of this stuff that I just kind of find myself finding why Granted, a lot of the stuff about this time frame era, I mean, it was called the Dark Ages for a reason. Not a lot of stuff was documented very well, so there isn't a lot to go off, and it kind of gives more creative freedom, which I would have expected maybe more from, but in this uh, particular instance, it just I find it more lacking, to be honest. I mean... One of the main historical characters you come across is uh, one of Ragnar Lothbrok's sons, Ivar the Boneless. And in historical context, the reason why he's uh, referred to as the Boneless is it changes depending on who you ask. If you ask from a Viking perspective, it's because his fighting style was so fluid that it appeared like he was fighting and didn't have any bones in his body. If you ask the Saxons, it was because he uh, had some intimacy problems. Uh, and then there's also even the theory about degenerative bone disease, too. And the fact of the matter is there's just so little wrote about that time frame about these people is kind of left up into interpretation. They even tease a little bit in this game, but I kind of wish that they would just pick one avenue and stuck with it like the show did. And then they would have expounded upon like the character more and even though he's even in the show he's not a sympathetic character he was an intriguing character and you understood his motivations whereas in in the game he's just a chaotically mindless brute i found that just was only interested in his own ambitions and then you just kill him and that was the end of that so yeah I, I'm walking away from this one for now. I'll probably come back to it later to finish it up. Uh, just so that way I can finish up this Assassin's Creed game and not have to worry. Kind of like what you're doing with like Fallout 4. Um, finish it up 100% so that way I don't have to worry about coming back. And I can at least feel inside that I didn't waste all my money on it. But I am glad I did buy this on sale. It's just it has me a little bit concerned about what the franchise is going to be like going forward, especially with their announcement that they're doing more of a game of services approach um, with Assassin's mm -hmm. Creed Infinite, and I'm not really sure what that entails because the thing for me with like Assassin's with Assassin's Creed franchise, I've loved this weird um, alternate history approach but going back to these you know well-renowned historical locations and time frames and 
I, I, as someone that, you know, I, I used to, you know, before the pandemic was traveling to some places and some of the locations that I've gone to were places that inspired Assassin's Creed games. Like, I was able to know my way through Venice thanks to Assassin's Creed 2. Granted, it's not a one-to-one -one match, but I relatively knew wherever I was at, and the same deal was that way with Rome too, thanks to Brotherhood. And that was really interesting to me, having being able to actually go to these locations. And those games yeah. had like really interesting characters, whereas here with Valhalla, it just they just feel like more kind of bland quest givers, and that's about the end of it. Yeah, I think... Yeah, that, it is interesting. I do uh, think a lot of their characters are super muddy. Yeah. Like it, there's no... I, you just don't have that defining thing. Yeah, you ran yeah, into it, kind of like a lot of what I was dealing with, too, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. We, I think yeah. we had similar experiences. Um, I know we were talking about it a little bit yesterday, and... It was just like, yeah, the the things that you're saying are the exact same things that I was saying, and I had to do the same thing. I put it down um, at the like a couple weeks after the launch of the PS5, put about fifty hours into it, mm -hmm. um, and I was just like, it, the thing that you said, it, it made me laugh, but then I was like, no, it makes sense. You you were just pushing through a lot of that, uh, and you referred to it as um, I was hate playing. Yeah, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't go as strong as that, but I can't think of any other way to describe it, to be honest. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, you were going to say something about it, right, Austin? Yeah, I mean, it is it is interesting, like, uh, I know that they talked about in the past, like, how these games have become so historically accurate that they put in, like, the interactive, like, educational mode. Yeah. And shit like that. Um, the... The version of Paris that was in Assassin's Creed Unity was considered the most accurate map of like that era of Paris. Well they used the um, 3D modeling of what they had with the Cathedral of Notre Dame to help right. with the reconstruction efforts oh, after yeah. it burned. So amazing. Yeah. So I, I think like as much as the Viking stuff is interesting, like Ubisoft is continuing to fall into this kind of trap in their games, which I mean you know, it's in my opinion at looking at the game critically is where I see the flaws. Like, obviously, they're making money. It, you know, as far as they're concerned, they're doing the right thing and they're going to continue to do it. Right. But, um, like, they, they've just been, and people have been talking about this for a while, where Ubisoft games are getting in this death spiral of, like, okay, we have to just keep adding. Like, add, add, add more, 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 more. When sometimes right. less is right. more. It just, and they really need to shrink it down. They, like, yeah. <coughs> I, would, I would have liked a like Viking Conquest game that is not Assassin's Creed related, or you know, doesn't have to be. Could have been any name, right? And you're building a like. I was really excited for this because it was, oh, okay, it's taking the stuff that I some of the stuff that I liked in uh, Odyssey, but you know, Odyssey was just too big and too long. They said, okay, the story of this game is going to be shorter. We're going to concentrate a little more. And you're going to have more RPG-style, um, you know, maintaining your village and upgrading and everything. Village upgrades are unlocked, like, skill points. You're not, like, designing anything. It's, hey, do you want the... Do you want the, the brewery? The do you want the cattle house? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The only thing that it's you like, can... That's not interesting. 
only thing that you can were like statues, little decorations, little decorations right. that have like barely color scheme. Yeah. yeah, and they've had stuff so like that in past titles too. With like in Revelations, yeah. when you're in Constantinople, you were doing that. I mean, you weren't building up like uh, different buildings and stuff, but you were like maintaining your factions within the city itself uh, to an extent. Mm-hmm. And you were having to yeah. def, uh, defend them from the Byzantines. Yep. So it is like they. I think they've been kind of growing away from what I want, which is like a smaller. It's that old joke, right? Of like, I want the smaller, shorter, easier games with less content. Well, like, it, that, I really do think that's true. Yeah. Well, the games of service that's coming up, I think, is going to be like it, like up your alley for sure. Hopefully, yeah. you know, smaller, like more discreet things to do that are webbed together yeah, they, by this big yeah. overarching thing. Right. Hopefully, they can find that. Um, well, I'll say that the story that does feel smaller, but it doesn't feel focused, and that's my issue right. with it. Is that you just? Yeah, I don't know. Is it's it not vibing with me. Stuff, too much collecting. Yes. Is, is, is that what it is? It's, yes, it's like, part of it. here's a massive world, and a lot of us, I know, Brian, you and I are pretty much side by side in, in the way that we play some of these games, where it's like, you go around and you do all of these extra things. Cool, let's get back to the story. Oh, I'm a oh, completionist to a fault. Exactly. Um, to do that in this in this kind of game, I, I, I don't know... I don't know what it would take. I don't know how many hours you would end up pouring. I would I would well, likely say you would pour probably twice as many hours at least that I put into it, if not what you've put into it. Oh, it, it absolutely is, because that's the method that I've been doing, and uh, I've been even trying to hit up like some of the areas before they even have the option to go and do the Alliance quest line with them. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, it's definitely add a ton of hours to it because like I'm at seventy five hours with the gameplay and where I'm at as far as the stories go, I'm not sure where you were at, but I'm at where you're supposed to go to Kent and try to figure out where Sigurd was taken after um Folke and the king of uh Wessex uh took him after mm. Oh what yeah. location and I was I, at. I was actually a bit further than that. So okay, you so you were further in the story then. You probably have done more collecting than I have. I, I did a lot of collecting too. Yeah. Um, but I noticed that some of these areas... I was also, I think, playing... I think you said you you kind of ended up popping it down to uh, an easier mode. I was playing on a harder mode, and I was getting destroyed in some of these areas. Yeah. Like, obviously, I don't mm-hmm. belong here. Um, so it, it did stop me from doing some of the collecting with the thought of, oh, I'll have to come back to this. I um, I took my difficulty down to the easiest difficulty, and I turned level scaling off. After, I want to say 45 hours. Okay. Yeah, so I, I, I don't think, necessarily I don't think that it's... Um, a complete like miss of a game, but I do think that their focus was taken away because of all of the things that they were putting into the game. Yeah, functionality. The game is good and it is is a gorgeous looking game. I, just like some of the views are really kind of breathtaking and kind of actually wants 
makes me want to consider maybe doing a trip to England once we can, you know, actually travel. Granted, a lot of the stuff is, you know, industrialized and kind of changed dr- drastically and stuff. But thanks, England. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, just like as far as the actual content itself, it feels like too much busy work and not enough actual meaningful content. And I think. And it's been kind of going that direction for a while, but in Odyssey did have a bit of that, but some of the stuff actually still felt like it had some sort of relative purpose to it, whereas here just kind of... Well, we'll just put that there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, uh, I I agree. Um, it is one of those things, I, I, I've been saying the same thing, like, oh, I'll get back to this. I still haven't even had the need to want to go back to this, and I have a similar relationship with um, Watch Dogs Legion, yeah. Uh, but that was because of completely like almost for for me it was game ruining bugs that were happening. Right. Um, so maybe at this point a year later the bugs at least would be fixed. Hopefully, hopefully. So I I I personally think I should go back, but yeah, I don't know if I will. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Um. So for for me, what I've been getting into. Man, I've been just diving into the Game Pass rabbit hole. Just like, hey, that looks good. I'm going to download that. Um, I started off by downloading Fab- like all of the Fable games. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to jump I'm gonna jump into them. Yeah. I haven't played them in a very long time. It looks fun. I haven't touched them uh, because I played... Um, uh, what is that game? Uh, Super Liminal. It's the one where, you know, things... You'll see, like... Um, something that looks like a real 3D object but as you get closer you notice it's a painting on the wall uh-huh. mm. um, it's the one where you can like pick up like a, a chess piece and yeah. move it up to the ceiling and drop it and then it slams into the ground as a massive chess piece All right. Um, I played that for a little bit and that was, um, that was a good game um, I jumped in tried out some Surgeon Simulator 2 um, which is uh, Surgeon Simulator 2 um <laughs> It's it's fun. It's ridiculous. Um, and then I tried. Um, I am fish. Is this uh, like? Oh um, yeah. Is this like that one game I showed you the one time? I am bread. Yes. Okay. Yes. Actually, you actually go through that kitchen. <laughs> All right. From that level that you were playing, um, and there is toast in the toaster. <clears throat> so we made it. Love that. Um, but that game's silly and it's fun. Um, it, early on, I really like that you're like you get in basically a hamster ball full of water and you're like rolling around trying to make it to the ocean all right and as soon as you make it there um someone's like oh you don't belong here and they pick you up out of the ocean and take you back to a house it's basically and you're like god damn is it's basically gill's story from finding nemo one and two <laughs> yes yes um the whole thing has like heavy finding so it's fun. It's 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 free. Out. Oh, it comes with your subscription to Game Pass. So um, I, I recommend checking out some of some of those games. Um, they're they're just silly, small, and fun. I, I'm just kind of waiting for um, New World to officially release. I think we have another week until that comes out. So, do we want to do a deep dive into New World while we're all here? Uh, well, I, I know you... by deep I mean medium. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I still have yet to play it, <clears throat> but you guys um, did. Yeah, I know you didn't love it. I know you played it. You you said you didn't really like it, right? Didn't love it. Yeah, I see what it's doing, sort of. 
Like, I, I do think the more action-focused combat is smart for MMOs because that I think the main weakness a lot of times is that the actual gameplay is you click one button and then you just, like, xylophone your keys on the keyboard, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so the more action-focused combat is, is definitely good. But, like, the second I started playing, I was like, this was supposed to be on a controller. And Amazon's not doing controller support. Like... Hmm. It, it, well, I should say that it has controller support, but they did not make a controller, like a gamepad scheme for the game. So you have to like make it work yourself. You have to map it out yourself. I would yeah, figure right. that'd be a Which good opportunity like, to implement the Amazon odd. Luna controller. For real. They, they have a controller that they own. It's one of the only things they've released. Yeah. So it's like, it's very odd that they like immediately put it out as an inferior way to play. And then like the next like turnaround is like I don't know it seems like I can already tell it's going to be a very grindy game um yeah it's just again it's that type of thing where it's like okay all this sounds good I like what I'm hearing and then I stick a toe in it's like oh this is exactly like every other MMO like I don't know why people are incapable of coming up with new ideas for MMOs yeah yeah that 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 is true and that's it goes back to I think what what I had said before of like it for me, it it feels good just because there's it, it it feels like a lot of things that I've played in the past, but it's a brand new it like kind of a brand new thing. Um, you know, mm -hmm. starting from square one, I don't have to worry about you know ninety six Final Fantasy uh, like expansions or whatever that, that right. I have to get through. Um, and it, it like I said, yeah, not reinventing the wheel or anything, um, not doing anything too crazy, um, but they have just a, I, I think for me, just enough, um, just a, just enough newer, smaller things that that I think keep it interesting. And I didn't feel like I was grinding too much. I mean, not any more than I normally would. Just well, myself. yeah, it's not it's not there yet. I don't think there's enough game for it to really reveal the depths of the. Uh the JRPG grindiness that I'm sensing out of it. Right, right. And there definitely will. As an MMO, it's it's definitely going that's to That's what happen. they're about. Yeah, that's yeah. what they're Same all about. Um, so it is interesting to get some different uh, you know, different perspectives within the group. Because Johnny, he played it, and he's like, actually, I'm really digging this. Mm. And I was I was surprised. I figured he would have been the one that was um, like really less jaded it. with it and less into it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool. Interesting, at least. The Jaded Gamer should be my new tag. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think that's a good rundown of what we've been playing. Um, I don't know what Johnny's been playing. I know he's been streaming some stuff. I haven't really Probably seen. Probably fucking Final Fantasy I bet it's Final something. Fantasy. I bet. Um, but I'm pretty sure we'll hear a little bit more about that next week. Um, if you guys didn't know, Epic Game Store does give out some freebies. So go and grab those even if you don't have a PC to play it on. Right now, they're giving out Speed Brawl and uh, Tharsis? Tharsis. Tharsis? Tharsis. Sure. Um, last week, they gave out Neo, which was really cool. Kind of a surprise uh, title. It was a complete collection for Neo. Um, so it's definitely a good get. Um, up next is The Escapist. Um but there's only one title there. So usually when there's only one title, um, they come out with uh, something different. Uh, like, uh, kind of a surprise thing after. Um, so yeah, uh, check those games out. See, you know, see if they're for you. 
Um, Speed Brawl is a 2D uh, combat racer. Um, looks like it has a, a, a decent amount of interesting characters. Um, I I haven't really checked it out. I have, don't couldn't really say exactly what's going on, but it does have that uh, like Metroidvania vibe. Um, but you're supposed to move through the levels incredibly fast. Yeah. So that's kind of cool, kind of different. Um, <clears throat> and the other one, uh, let's see. One asked me a ton of questions. Uh, turn-based strategy, um, space strategy game uh, with dice and cannibalism, as described, um, nice. to put you in control of humanity's first mission to Mars, um, as it's struck by a micrometeorite storm. This actually looks yeah. kind of cool. Um, I, I, I didn't know what this was going into it, but uh, hey, it's got yeah, dice. They, it has dice and it has cannibalism. I saw a cannibalism meter. Um, Damn, my cannibalism meter's going off the charts right now. You know, when you're stuck out there... I feel like I've heard good. about this game. All looks good. Sometimes your buddy starts to look tasty. You he know? does. Yeah, it does that, uh, like, foghorn leghorn, when they, like, look yeah, over and turns into a chicken. giant, like... Yeah. Do you yeah. want that well done or extra crispy? Extra crispy. <laughs> it turned into doom for some reason. <laughs> Um, or uh, Duke Nukem. Duke, or Duke Nukem, yeah. Well, I think Wolfenstein. Well, I don't know. Wolfenstein did have I would the full love turkey another Wolfenstein game. Yeah? That's supposed to be coming, right? Uh, it has to be. All right, but. let's go ahead and dive into the news. Um, we have some ridiculous ones, some de uh, delays, and um, actually uh, one that's kind of good. We'll start off with that. Um, Splitgate. They managed to raise a hundred million to continue their journey as an independent community first studio. The little engine that could. Damn. Yeah, that that's a big one. Um, they they released impressive. Uh, very impressive. They released a, a statement saying um, this means we can hire a lot more developers, which means we can implement better and more frequent updates, um, add more mm -hmm. features. Uh, fix bugs faster, can support large larger number of players, and it can also come to more platforms. Yeah. So coming to a smart fridge near you. So that probably this is our means smart fridge that, episode. that uh, they were looking at like, you know, they probably got a an acquisition offer. Oh, for sure, a hundred percent. Yeah. And they were like, uh, let's see if we can raise any money. Yeah, and and this was um, basically two guys at college that made this in their dorm room. Right. Yeah. After playing Halo, and then immediately afterwards playing uh, Portal. Portal. Yeah. I'm like, what if this was the same game? It would be really nice if I could. You got. Uh, it'll be better if I show you. You got Halo in my Portal. You got Portal in my Halo. Yeah. But that's big. I can't really think of another big studio like that that managed to raise funds to make sure that they're to keep their independence like that. Yeah. Mostly they sell out, right? I mean, yeah, that's typically the smart thing to that's do. It's a smart thing to do. It's like, typically well, the dream. I want fucking money. I wonder. I wonder if this will come back to bite them. I wonder if they'll continue this, um, and and they'll find like these people are offering them less and less as time goes on because it's not the yeah, new shiny shooter. Or know. or if the stock will continue to grow. I don't know. I look at like. Bungie with Destiny, where after all the complications that they had with dealing with Activision, 
which granted that's its own mess in itself um now independent and they're fine they're they're still going strong and doing their own thing and stuff and so i'm guessing developers of split k are probably looking at what bungie was able to do especially since a lot of their work is inspired by their form of work and they're hoping their to work, accomplish they're the same inspi- thing. they're inspired by themselves <laughs> that's so fucking cool they do be like that oh wow that's that's pretty rad um so yeah, uh, if you guys haven't checked out Splitgate, it's free pretty much everywhere. The things that you pay for are just cosmetics, um, and the game's actually kind of solid. Um, I, I know I've played a lot. It has a lot of different modes, has community-made modes, um, and things like that. There's um, a teabag confirm mode. There's a teabag confirm mode, so that's fun. Holy cow! Um, even the first weapon for buying the season zero battle pass um and they decided season zero since it's still kind of early accessy great marketing i love that um the first weapon skin that you can unlock is uh, a cardboard rifle i i don't know why i love that it's all like i'm like you guys are in the 10 bucks um so yeah go check out the game yeah grab a few friends check um check it out you know see what you think yourself because it looks like it's going to be here for a bit yeah, it's fun. It's cross-play, cross-progression, and it's free. Yeah, and free. All right, Brian, you threw this one in here. It made me laugh before the show. Um, go. <laughs> oh, the... Uh, so Nintendo released a new firmware update this week where they finally added the requested feature for that has been asked of them for the last four years to add Bluetooth pairing for headphones. And turns out they were able to do it the whole time. That's the best part. That's the best part. The whole time. <laughs> but it wouldn't be Nintendo if it wasn't for weird Nintendo caveats. And there are some restrictions that uh, they have shared with um, being able to pair up Bluetooth headphones to the Switch. And they are... Up to two wireless controllers can connect to a Nintendo Switch system while using Bluetooth audio. You will not be able to pair additional wireless controllers until you disconnect the Bluetooth audio device. Bear in mind that each Joy-Con is constituted as one wireless controller. So if you're using it as like the large controller setup, it's just that controller and the Bluetooth um, headset. Bluetooth audio will be disconnected during local communication, such as when starting a local wireless multiplayer game. So, <laughs> you were they, hoping... They, oh, go ahead. They No, it's just they went out of their way. Yeah. They're going out of their way to make it, like, less convenient. Um, yeah, they've, they've, like, been able to trailblaze uh, 2001 technology levels here. Yeah, well, I think the joke was they're trapped in 2006 is is what I yeah, said earlier. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's like, damn, dude. The PlayStation 2 had a Bluetooth blue, uh, yeah, Bluetooth adapter. Was it PlayStation it, 2 or was Oh, it was an adapter. Okay. Yeah. They made a, a plug-in for the PlayStation 2. Yeah. Alright. It didn't really work. And all yeah, it was the same type of thing where like it sort of worked in like some edge cases. Right. Yeah. 
So they've they've reached uh, PlayStation Two level technology over at Nintendo. I would say I would say they're probably PlayStation Three. A little bit better. A little bit yeah. better. I think early early PlayStation early 3. PlayStation Three <laughs> is where I, where I'm drawing the line. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, powerful stuff. Continue uh, on. What are the other nice restrictions? <laughs> only one Bluetooth audio device can be paired at a time, but up to ten devices can be saved on a Nintendo Switch system. <clears throat> this okay. one. I guess kind of makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. This one isn't a weird one. But the next one, continuing with their what they've established already, Bluetooth microphones cannot be used. So they're still I'm sticking with the same weird setup when it comes to doing <laughs> voice chat with online games with Nintendo stuff. Or at least as far as like beyond any of the free-to-play games with like Fortnite where all you have to do is just plug in. You can do local chat with that game, but with, like, if you want to do Nintendo Online voice chat with Nintendo Switch, um, you'd still have to, like, hook up your phone to a weird cable and connect that to your Switch and then have the headphones go to you if you want to be able to talk to each other while you splat it up in Splatoon or something. And then the final caveat, you may experience audio latency depending on your Bluetooth device, which probably is can be expected. Yeah. So amazing stuff. They're like, no, we made this app. We're gonna fucking use it. You're going to use it whether you like it or not. (laughs) That's the I mean that's that's what I'm reading from this. I can kind of respect that in a way. I, I guess, but it's like are we in an abusive just, relationship it, with Nintendo? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's <laughs> exactly what it is. And, you know, before the show, I was saying, like, I wish we could still vote with our dollar. Mm-hmm. I mean, but we can't. Even if all of us at the show and all of our listeners, we said... Both of them in Iran. Oh, bo- yeah, both of our listeners in Iran. Um, which, we appreciate you. Um, if you are listening. It... it, it if we all said, hey, we're not doing it. Next hardware that comes out for Nintendo, we got to teach them a lesson. We're done. We're not buying it. We're going to vocally talk about why we're not buying it. It will not matter right. at all. It, yeah. it, just, it just wouldn't matter. Um, so unless it was like a, like a moral standpoint of, like, I'm not doing it because I think it's what's right. Um, it's more for your own personal conscience than it is there's, that right. there's going to be an impact. There has to be an industry-wide repercussion in order for this behavior to kind of change. Yeah, they're they're yeah. not gonna they're not gonna change that mindset. And I I still every uh, like every time we talk about it, it's how isn't there somebody at Nintendo going? You know, it would be really great if we could get back in the fucking game. We have a bunch of really good games. What if we allowed players to play them the way that they want to play them? It, it's interesting because it's so like, simple. It, it's the same almost as the like Xbox PlayStation fight, where like Xbox has doubled down on well, especially in this generation, they've doubled down on like accessibility, mm-hmm. um, ease of access, things like that. And then Sony is like, well, we got the games right. If right. You, especially we're going to continue to talk about that a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, last week especially. They've got these huge games that are super highly anticipated and they always come out at really high quality and everything. And, you know, it's a, there is like a difference of opinion on how to, to compete there that they have with Xbox. And then Nintendo is like sort of doing the, 
the PlayStation argument, but to its, like, complete extreme, which is, like, Nintendo stuff has a certain vibe that's just different than other types of games, and that's literally all they have to their own detriment. Like, their hardware is vastly inferior other than the fact that it can be portable, which, of course, you can, you can, you know, stream your PS4 or uh, PS5 or your Xbox to your phone. Exactly. So that's also portable. It's just a little bit more complicated. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I definitely, I've not been a big Nintendo fan over my life. Um, I don't really, you know, I didn't get a Wii U or anything. I, I typically don't spend a lot of time on my Nintendo console. It's really just for a couple exclusives or games that are, like, vastly better by being on the Switch that I would even consider getting. Mm-hmm. It's been kind of and, uh, it, a little similar story. It, the exclusives still keep me coming back, but beyond that, I don't really feel incentivized to... If there's multiple options to play a game, I'm going to play it on the best experience that I can get. So for third-party right. tiles, I'm just going to go someplace else with it. I'm not going to play Mass Effect 3 on the Wii U. It's simply right. not happening. Right. I, I wonder I wonder if we if the pandemic didn't kick off the way it did. I mean, I, I was taking the Switch with me a lot of places originally. Yeah. yeah. Um, that but was... being stuck at home, you know, in some cases a lot of us working at home, why would we go, oh, let's go ahead and play this game on an inferior system when we can just, you know, turn on the TV as well and play it on you know a better experience i think you're right Um, on that at least for my experience too or uh the last few years when i was traveling i i would take the switch with me i took it with me when my brother and i went to italy i took it with me when we flew when i flew to australia i played wolfenstein the new colossus while flying from la to sydney and beat the entire campaign in that one flight um worth it (laughs) but since the pandemic and just kind of being at home the majority of the time i haven't really felt the need to want to you know get into the switch because the portability was its main selling point for me and yeah and i wonder how that landscape's going to change with xcloud now being available everywhere well xcloud uh luna starting to ramp up here and i gotta imagine playstation's going to try to get their uh, foot in the door on that as well at some point. I, I I hope they do, but part of me wants to take their mentality back to the same mentality Nintendo has over you know going online. Yeah, I yeah. I, I want them to. I I part of me can. I don't want them to, but I can see them going. No, we're not taking our competitors' model. But on the other on the other hand, that is their thing. They like to steal other people's models. Right. Damn. So yeah, no, it's a mixed bag. Um, I I I could see them doing it, but I could also see them going the other way, um, taking that Nintendo. No, it's almost like Nintendo's like we didn't invent the internet, so we're not using it. Yeah, yeah I can definitely and, see that mentality. Because they're they're really big on what they you know like their own creations their own inventions like look at all the right. interesting consoles that we've had over the past like like Nintendo Labo <laughs> yeah well i mean going back going from the GameCube to the Wii to the Wii U and putting a screen on it to right. the Switch and adding port you know it they, like even the names are weird 
Well, they're very outside the box thinkers. They definitely go to the tune of their own beat, uh, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, th- there's the news. Uh, you can hook up your Bluetooth audio device to your Switch. Um, so have fun playing alone, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and it may interfere with your controller. Which you were going to do anyway, because they don't have a great online. <laughs> Um, Alright, one of the other big uh, bits of news, PlayStation 5 got one of its really big software updates. Um, It added quite a bit. Some of the highlights, um, it has uh, UX enhancements, uh, uh, and here it says, uh, makes it easier than ever before for players to view, personalize, and manage their game content and console experience with control center customization an enhanced game base, which means players can now easily view and write messages to their friends and parties directly from the game base, uh, rather than going back to the home screen and pulling something up. Basically, it pops a little chat window up right over the game that you're playing, so you don't have to like pop out of the game and set it in like, almost like a standby mode. Um, the control center, I think, was already... Uh, you could already customize that Um, but it looks like you can um, do a bit more uh, customization Um, some game library and home screen updates um, screen reader controls one of the things that nobody ever uses is accolades Um, basically when you're in a a game with random matchmaking um, you can give one accolade per match so if there was someone on and it's always people on the opposite team um, I believe. Mm. Um, that's interesting. I think you can do it in some co-op games. Um, that's where things like um, helpful leader and things like that accolades can come from. But there are four: helpful, good sport, leader, and welcoming. Um, you can give it to one person, and then you can see how many accolades you know, kind of each person has. So they have. Mm. Um, uh, it looks like they've added the new accolade leader. Um, Wait, so these accolades have been here the whole time, and it's just that they added the leader one? Yes, yep. They've been here the whole time. You can actually use them. Um, I, I first noticed them actually when the console, near when the console launched, um, when I was playing um, multiplayer for Call of Duty. Okay. Yeah. I guess I just never um, noticed that. It, yeah, it's, it's not something... That they briefly talked about it, um, and, and that was pretty much it. Um, they... This is something that in, um, like in multiplayer games, I think people should really emphasize this more. And it's really cool that it's at the console level, so you don't have to count on like each game making their own version. Right. Yeah. Because um, this is something I use a lot in League of Legends. Yeah. It's a, a good way to try to exert some mild control over who you interact with in a multiplayer game, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um... Let's see here. PlayStation Now Resolution Selector and Connection Test Tool. Um, so PlayStation subscriber, PlayStation Now subscribers can choose between uh, 720 and 1080p, depending on the game, to accommodate their preferred video resolution for streaming. Streaming uh, A streaming connection test also helps identify and troubleshoot problems with the connection. So just basically um, some life sensating... Yeah, some, some life... Um, Mm-hmm. quality of life things for PlayStation now and some troubleshooting yeah. tools. Um, 
automatic capture of personal best videos. Um, I would recommend turning this off because this will destroy your. Uh, it'll destroy how much room you'll have on your system. Oh, if yeah. it's saving yep. these videos, you're gonna you'll go into you'll go into download a game and you'll notice that your video bar is massive compared to your uh you know like games downloaded or saved data or things like that yeah um, i see this so be being careful with that i see this being good for like if you are actively wanting to go after this and this isn't just something that you're just is a part of the game that you're playing but you want to make sure that you get the video for your best run and stuff that would probably be the mm -hmm. good time to turn this on yeah yeah I, I could see this being useful if you're someone who manages your um data a lot and you go back and you purge everything that you capture for a game so it would work well for someone who's using um you know who's a streamer or something like that oh cool captured this let's go ahead and you know upload that so i can use it elsewhere or whatever um along mm -hmm. with your photos and then when you're done with the game just purge all of it and start over with the next game i can see that being viable but um man i noticed that the uh videos were just eating up space so I, I i personally turned mine off yeah. um they, look into that. they also have a trophy tracker um which is kind of cool you can actually set it um i believe right to your um quick play access stuff you can uh track up to five trophies just kind of uh so you can quickly click on them or just see what the description is just at a quick glance that's cool i could definitely see myself using it i will be using that for sure um they did some 3d audio support uh you know you can you can set all of that up uh, as well it looks like they have an equalizer within the sound control settings now so you can um you know control like bass boost and and things like that um and then the talk of the town the ssd storage expansion yep um so yeah there's um i, I recommend popping over to the PlayStation blog, um, looking up the, this update, uh, or you can just check it out probably right over on YouTube. I assume it's on YouTube um, on how to install uh, the M2 SSD. Um, just showing you a, a really quick and safe way to uh, expand your uh, storage on your system. Yeah. You ever think yeah. back to like the high school times when you had like a 256 meg thumb drive and you thought you were top shit and now you have like multiple terabyte ssds that are about the same <laughs> yeah. size and how wild that is yep. yeah i saw what was it it was uh, uh someone's like i found a relic and it was um a civilization a civilization <laughs> game on floppy disk and there was like eight of them <laughs> holy cow yeah at work we have a uh one of those um it almost looks like a record, like an original hard disk. Uh -huh. Jesus Christ! It's like those are cool. Looks like a laser disc. And I, oh, I was, man. we were trying to look at it for markings. It didn't have marked on it how much storage it had, but my uh, my uh, predecessor guessed that it's probably like uh, twenty five meg or something like that. God, I mean that's massive. Pretty, at the time. That's massive at the time. Uh, we're not just talking about the size of the thing as well. And it was physically, uh, yeah, I could. It was like a discus. If I threw it, I could probably kill somebody. <laughs> what size pizza do you think is uh, going on that bad boy? Oh, so the middle is like the the hollow in the middle is larger. Like the hole was bigger than typical because mm. the array that had to like mount the reed arms was massive. Uh -huh. Yeah, but uh, it's probably like a I don't know. It's probably like a foot. 
14 inch maybe. Not bad, not bad. Good 14 inch. Big boy. Um, they also did some quick updates uh, to the PS Remote Play app and the PS um, regular PS app. Um, so definitely go download those. And if you're um, still holding out and can't find the PS5, there are PS4 console enhancements that went through. Basically just kind of uh, like leveling the playing field for the updates that are coming to trophies and other features mm. on the PS5 just so the PS4 players don't have this weird disconnect because um, you know crossplay is totally a thing um, yep. so just kind of keeping up uh, but yeah check out that whole thing um, you know not only if you are updating your hard drive um, there's a lot of good info here um, I think I'm going to be checking out some of the stuff with the 3D audio uh, just to see what um, what that's all about um, but yeah, let's move on to delays. The season of delays. Here we are. Um, so uh, the first one is Battlefield forty eight oh two one nine oh two one zero. Okay. Eight six seven right. five three zero nine as well. Yeah, I heard. Anybody? Eight six seven. Five, three, nine. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Um, so at this point, I, I think we're in that post-cyberpunk phase where we're like, yes, please delay something so it's good. Um, yep. I feel like the trend has been going that way for a while, but cyberpunk definitely pushed the envelope for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and a lot of it just comes to, uh, you know, comes back to um, making sure that um, the scope of their game, everything was realized the way that they wanted to within the scope of the game that they're making. Um you know, probably a good move. I, I don't remember the original release date. Um, it looks like it has uh, moved to November 19th. I wanted to say it was an October release. Mm, yep, it was October 22, and they had to move it. Somebody found it because the Peppa Pig game is coming out on the same day. Hell yeah. Let's had talk about that. Space. Yeah. Time to surrender the field to Peppa. Fucking cowards. Um but no, uh, it, it's good. There's still um, updates on the beta will be coming um, later in, in um, September. Um, so I don't know if that's going to affect the open beta, uh, but we'll see. Did they? So keep, keep an eye on that. Did they say anything about how to access the open beta, or is that just part of the updates? I haven't been on top of the news for that. Uh, I assume you just have to sign up for it. Really. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't even think you need to sign up for it. I think it's just going to come to console, and they'll be like, open beta's live, go. Um, I don't think there's going to be much signing up that'll need to be done, unless they the update that they give later in this month is you know detailing, hey, you have to play it on PC or something, which would be silly. Um, so yeah, we'll keep an eye on that as well. I'm pretty sure a few of us will end up jumping in and checking out uh, checking the game out during that open beta phase. And the yeah, other well. one, big surprise, big ol' surprise yeah, really. here, uh, Dying Light 2 Stay Human uh, has been delayed. Um, again, I do not remember the original release date. I'm pretty sure it was before 2022. Um, but Dying Light 2 has moved to February 4th, 2022. This game can't catch a break. How many times has it been delayed? I couldn't say, but man, it's in a very crowded time slot to be delayed back. I wouldn't be surprised if this gets delayed again. Yeah, yeah. February is becoming the the hot spot, the after-holiday hot spot for everyone. It is a very stacked month. 
Um, coming out early in February might be the thing that helps them as, hey, we're out first. Um, a lot of people yeah. do pick the day before Valentine's Day um, or the 22nd for some reason. Don't the know why. It seems to be common. Well, it's 2 2022. Yeah. Well, okay. So that, that'll that be, I mean, I guess that's kind of like the Skyrim thing. 222022. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. Um. But yeah, uh, that's they, when they should release Skyrim Two. Just stealth drop it. That would be awesome. Don't even tell anybody. They call it that. Skyrim Two. Skyrim Two. <laughs> the Elder Scrolls Five. Skyrim Two. I can't. I can't wait for. Skyrim they did with Final Fantasy. You know that's the Why not fifth with game. Elder Scrolls? <laughs> you know that's the fifth game in the uh, in the series, right? What? It's actually like the sixth <laughs> or seventh, right? You're still waking it's, up yeah. in a cart. Yeah, I, I think, remember people asking oh, for. Oh fuck! Um, that would be insane. Two. Yeah. Remember all the people that were like, "Hey, do you guys have Oblivion too? Do you have Grand Theft Auto? Do you have Grand Theft Auto IV? IV. That was classic. Um, but yeah, no, I mean this game, Dying Light too. You know, as as much as we're kind of ripping on it right now for, you know, just constantly being part of that. You know, make sure there's it's done so many it's done. of these. It looks good like, though. It does look really good, but it's kind of interesting that there's like this huge phenomenon with like single player. Uh, focused, I should say, um, like open world RPGs are all becoming like borderline unmakeable <laughs> because well, they have to like they have to equal the success and visual power and everything of um, you know like Call of Duty or whatever. Which of course they can boil their entire game into like ten maps or whatever. Whereas you know Dying Light Two has to create an entire city. That can evolve in one of three ways or whatever. I, I do. So wish it's, it's like these guys, vampire. There's so many of these games that just keep getting like. It's like just well, this is actually going to turn out taking us uh, 36 years. Sorry. Yeah, and I, I wonder. Really I, I wonder what would happen if we if they stopped looking at stats, like mm. uh, you know, and and started looking at okay, what do the people want? What can we realistically make? Short. Sure. I just think it'd be they'd be able to do so good with just making little like smaller RPG projects. Maybe that link together. Like this is what it sounds like they're trying to do with uh, Dragon Age Four, or uh, that was the original plot, I guess, of Dragon Age Four was kind of making a smaller game with different characters that kind of links together in a like a hub. Well, it sounds like it, I just think that's so much smarter. It sounds like Assassin's Creed uh, Infinite. Right. Yeah. That's. It yeah. sounds like the direction that they could be going with that. That's where we have to go. Yeah. I mean, and that's something that I'm. I'm interested in for Assassin's Creed. I know a lot of people. I, I, Brian, I think you were saying how you were you know, concerned about that. I'm hesitant on that just because I'm wondering what that means as far as uh, story and narrative and everything like that goes. That's, yeah, that's a that's a fair that's a fair I, worry for sure. Yeah. I it's do. a new type of thing they'd have to figure out. And right. I've said it a, a bunch just about Ubisoft. They're incredibly good. They would be incredibly good at doing a games of service like this. Um, mm-hmm. Because they, you know, instead of having all of these people on this big project and then, then moving them back to the hub to work on DLCs when they're done. They would all always be working. They would all always be right. just in the hub and always yeah. working. And there's always yeah. a project almost for everybody. You know, if yeah. they're working on three or four different things at a time, and it's smaller teams, there you go. Yeah. Um, and it so wouldn't it, be their first 
foray into games of service. I mean, you have both Division One and Two. You have Rainbow Six Siege that have games of service yeah. elements to it. So it's not like it's something completely yeah. new to them. For sure. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I I I do agree. I think this will probably get pushed again. I think Dying Light Two will end up being kind of a. It'll be a good game, I think, but I think it'll be a forgotten yeah. game at the end of the day. Just because it's, it's going to get pushed I, so I many times. Too, and it's going to come out in a weird that. space. It's going to come out in a weird space. It's going to come out with, like, stiff competition, of course. Yeah. And then, like, I, I think Dying Light, like, in the first game, we definitely saw that it had, like, a slow burn. Like, it was, people were talking about, like, oh, wow, this game feels really good to move around in. Mm-hmm. And people didn't, like, catch on super quickly, but then they did a... They're still updating it. Yeah. I mean, they're still putting in updates. That might be part of the problem why this keeps getting delayed. Is that they're yeah. still so focusing like, on the first. Bro, your fucking game came out in 2014. It's done. Like, just move away. Right. So, like, you know, they keep... They've done a great job supporting it, and it's had this really long lifespan. So, I, I think that's part of the issue, is that they think, oh, we kind of like... Again, Ubisoft does this constantly we have to make this the perfect game the day it comes out, and then we have to support it with DLC and shit for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you just simply don't have to do that. So, the CEO did say at the end of this, in addition to our regular updates, which could, like you were saying, be part of stop. the problem. Um, Please stop. We'll be gearing up to share some exciting news about the game later this month. Yeah. Who knows what that is. Um, so, we'll see. Um... I think that's all the big delays that we could find, um, but uh, I'm still really, I'm still really curious to see. And I think, again, I think Dying Light would be perfect for this. I can think of a lot of AAA games that keep getting delayed that would be good for this. Mm-hmm. AAA needs to move into the early access structure and just be willing to take the L and just put out a game that when you know a lot of people say on day one, oh, this thing, you know, the the tractor is fucked up. I I melt through the tractor and it makes me drop out of the bottom of the world or whatever. I mean, fucking Assassin's Creed Unity released with that. You know the I mean? floating eyeballs. Like, they, they need to just do stuff like that because especially when this studio is perfect because their previous game already proved that they have this huge long tail, they will continue to make sales for five years. Maybe that's... Like, you do not have to hit it all on day one. Maybe that's why a lot of them are also interested in going the game as service route is that they can right. do this and have this openly available for the public to essentially act as their QA tests to find all this stuff. Yep. But then they can hide under the guise of like, well, it's still early access, so... It's still early access, that could change. It's like some kind of insanely fundamental thing that obviously is not going to change. Right. But they're like, eh, hey, we might change it, you never know. I, I do have a like a, like a love-hate relationship with early access. Um, I do think people lean on it too much. Like, how long should an early access be? Because I don't think it should be like five years. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with that. I think there should be a time limit. Um, I actually like the way that Session has been doing their early access, even though it's taken them a long time. It's like um, a zonal, right? Like they release one area with certain mechanics, and then they add to it, and they let you know well, so you can go test out the new stuff, right? Leading up to version 1.0, which should be out of early access, ready to go, they're like, okay, here is update... Um, you know, point one, point two, point three, point oh, point one, point five, nine, seven, nine, two, five, one. Yeah, and they usually, it, it's. I think that's a, like a better approach to it. Um, I agree. But, 
so, sometimes early access gets gets rough because you're playing something you already know the whole thing, and then by the time the game fully releases, you're just like, I, I'm done. I've done it. That's my biggest I'm fear done. with uh, Baldur's Gate three for sure. Oh yeah, exactly. They're a really good example. Um, and but game, God damn it, that game's so good. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I almost can't. It's Welcome like the Baldur's Gate hour. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's change the show. I'm gonna change the name real quick. So everyone hang. God, I wish I could go back and play Baldur's Gate one and two, but it's just too it's old. So I don't have bad. any nostalgia for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I could do. I could do with a full remake of those for sure. Oh, dude, with Larian making them. Shit. Holy shit! Hold on, I got a call. What's his name? Uh, let's all just apply at Larian right now. Okay, let's take over one of the Larian studios. Yeah. If, if they just apply, do like what Blizzard's doing with do Diablo two. Yeah. yeah. Well, even more. Yeah. Well, I more mean, so. Yeah. Do a full yeah. round up. Uh, also, Blizzard has a very missed track record on remakes, That's so we'll true. even see how that goes. I guess you guys have been able to play, so you know. Well, I played a little bit, but I didn't play too much, and honestly, I don't see myself picking it up for yeah. a multiple multitude of reasons. It, it it just looking at the game as a game, it's uh, it feels it feels like Diablo two. It, well, that's a good thing. It, it doesn't feel any different um, than, and, and it's the... probably nostalgia, to be honest. Um, it it probably plays like a lot of people remember, um, but you know they kind of have that nostalgia lens still over, you know, mm. their eyes. So I don't know. It, it's um, I, I thought it was fun, uh, but if it's your first time in playing that game, it might not be probably as not. fun. <laughs> Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 available on iOS for $10 each. That's true. Yep. Yeah, you can get them on Steam, you can get them on Android. Oh, yeah. All right, so there was a uh, THQ Nordic 10th anniversary showcase. Um, I, I, it's weird that it's a 10th anniversary since they've only taken over THQ like five years ago, maybe. Something like that. Um, so that that is really interesting that they're like, hey, we've been around. We were a very small part of THQ back then, but here's our 10th yeah. anniversary. Um, they were a very small part, but the student has literally become the master. <laughs> they have become the teacher. For they sure. completely absorbed the host body. <laughs> so they they talked about a lot of different things. Um, you know, mostly. I don't know. I feel like they're releasing the same things over and over again at this point. Yep. But uh, the big one. Uh, Destroy All Humans 2, Reprobed Edition. Um, if you like Destroy All Humans, well, guess what? Guess what? There's two. Um, yeah. So get ready to be reprobed. Um, another another freaking SpongeBob game. Well, this is the first new one, right? Yeah. It's all supposed to be a brand new one. Remakes of existing SpongeBob games, yeah. Man, they must be doing incredibly well. Don't I don't. I don't understand because I, I look at it and I'm like, how could this be? How could this be amazing? It's because eleven year olds have a PlayStation. It ha- yeah, yeah. But SpongeBob SquarePants, the cosmic shake. Um, is, is, <laughs> you're making Shannon play all of them. Um, and then we'll do a deep dive on them. Ooh, okay. That'd be funny. Um, then they talked about uh, Outcast Two: A New Beginning. Um, Pre-GTA 3, open-world game, uh, returns for a sequel over two decades after its 1999 debut. Good lord. I don't think I ever 
checked into this. Nope. And I never will. Okay. The world looks okay. I'm just kind of scrubbing through the video. The world actually looks pretty nice. Um, Alright, explore a new region of the alien planet um, and help its native inhabitants cast off their robot invaders. Third person combat featuring uh, powered up jetpacks and <laughs> hollow shield. Sure. Sure. Uh, it, it, the description makes it sound incredibly mediocre. <laughs> it's so. a very generic <laughs> description. But the environments um, that they're showing on the preview do look they, kind they, of intriguing here. So sure. Yeah. That gameplay is probably not going to be good, though. No. I don't know. It, yeah. Don't want to pass too much judgment. There we go. Judgment. Um, Speaking of judgment, judgment. Speaking of no, um, judge, judge it Alliance Three. <laughs> yeah, Jagged Alliance Three. Um, they talked about Superpower Three, um, MX versus ATV Legends. They're still doing MX versus ATV stuff. Um, Why not Elix Two? Uh, that's actually pretty interesting. Um, the first one was something that I really wanted to get into, um, and I just. I just never did. I never saw the opportunity to, you know, pick up the game and play it when I was like wanting, uh, wanting to play it. I was always playing something else, so it always kind of came to the, yeah. um, oh man, I really want to play that, uh, but I'm playing this right now. I don't think it's good to pick that up right now. So speaking of that, uh, I haven't started playing this yet, and I may never. But I, because of New World and like my general interest in it, I did go and re-download that. Uh, Colonial RPG. What was that called? Uh, we talk about it every once in a while. Colonial RPG. Uh, I think I might know what you're talking about. Uh, you're like a guy on a boat and you show up somewhere and you're British. Alien yeah. Colonial Marines. Yep. Aliens, Colonial Marines. That was that fun. <laughs> might be on... I, I don't remember what you're talking It's from about. the same guys that made this, I thought. I, I feel like I know exactly what you're talking oh. about and I just can't think of what it's called. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, with Greedfall? Yes, Greed that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, that took me. Yeah. Back. I was like greed, greedy bastard. So we'll see if oh. I start playing Greedfall or not. This will be the fifth time I've downloaded it. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. I don't mean to be that horrible. Good. Like these games, so like uh, LX, um, Te Technomancer, Technomancer. I really like Technomancer. Uh, they, it's like they're bad, but they do scratch a certain itch, which is like. Yeah, well, it, shitty like pre Bioware like B movie uh, B movie RPGs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not not with uh, Jerry the power is usually really dumb. Yeah, which is kind of funny. And then you uh, spend like a hundred upgrade ability points on like the ability to jump a foot in the air or something. Right, it's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. And then the last one that they show off was uh, the most in depth look yet at Expedition Room. A new CRPG. Brian did a exposition room. Expedition room. <laughs> yeah. Physically. Physically. Yeah. yeah. Photos to prove it. Uh, I do. Played uh, Pokemon Go inside the Coliseum. Caught me there. Damn. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no That's joke. Cool. That My Mew is a little Italian boy. A Mew lives in the Coliseum at all times. Exactly. 
pretty cool. I think you got that from an event, though, right? Yeah, I, I waited on the event to do it so that way I could do it in the Coliseum. And the tour that oh, I did, uh, we were able to go through the gladiatorial um, entrance gates. Uh, and we were down, like, actually on the fighting floor. And that's where I decided to do it. And I was trying to take, a, like, a screenshot of, like, the quote Pokemon Go fight or capture of it but the thing with the Mew fight yep. is that it turns invisible like a lot so you're trying to yep. throw a Pokeball at like an actively camouflaged Mew so the screenshot yep. isn't that great ah. um, I don't know what, what Pokemon would live in the Coliseum aside from a Phoenix. Ghastly yeah Ghastly's for sure I could always think Blastoise what Pyroar or whatever why would yeah, I Blastoise. think um, War Turtle, Kangaskhan. Hell yeah, yeah. Genghis Khan. Well, not him specifically, <laughs> but his kangaroo dinosaur do- uh, counterpart. Yeah. There was a couple spots uh, in Rome that my brother and I left Pokemon that gyms at, and we were able to dominate for like two days straight with them. That's so weird. That's rad. Italians just aren't playing Pokemon Go. Oh, no, they are. It's just we kept winning, and then we kept uh, healing them by giving them a bunch of fruit. Oh, and, and gyms used to work differently, too. They used to be a lot harder to knock people out of. Yeah. Well, now you can just do different things just from home. Right. Because so they made of the it, like, COVID lazy stuff. Pokemon Go. Yeah. I love it. I There was one time I was really concerned that I we were at the Grand Canyon, and I left a Pokemon at Pokemon... Uh, gym there but it was so remote no one was fighting it and I was really yeah. kind of concerned I was never going to get that I, Pokemon I'm never going to get my fucking money back <laughs> that's funny that's good um, but the last thing they showed off yeah Expedition Rome it actually um, just watching the little video here doesn't look too too terrible it looks like definitely like it's kind of interesting something um, that I, I could be interested in. Definitely looks like it could be up your alley. It's got, like, the tactical map. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, to, yeah. I'll have to watch it when gameplay preview when it comes out or something. Yeah, they probably showed off a lot more than this, I'm pretty sure. We were just looking at a Games Radar article. Um, so, yeah, go, go check that out um, and see if there's anything up there that, that catches your eye. Um, and the last one was, yeah, um, something that you added there, Austin, right? Yeah, so uh, I'm sure... Even if you never played it, pretty much everybody knows about Undertale. It was a big sensation. I never got around to it, which makes everybody mad. Same. Um, <laughs> so, this absolute madman went and made a squeakle called Delta Rune, which you'll notice is a lot of letters rearranged from Undertale. Love that. And uh, basically, there was like a. Um, uh, like the Chapter Zero prologue intro, basically, was released for free. So you could play the first little segment of the game. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was released as a surprise in 2018 when it came out. Um, so this new chapter was announced that it would come out on September 17th of this year, which uh, I guess was two days ago as of recording. And he's like, you know what? Fuck, I'm going to make this one free, too. Everybody's had a tough time. So that's pretty cool. Okay. I think the exact quote was, uh, it's been, quote, really tough for everybody recently. It's <laughs> an <laughs> understatement, but yeah, I agree. Putting some goodwill out So yeah, out it came out September 17th. Um, and it's just free? Just 
chilling over there and yep. see. So chapter one, or the you know the chapter zero, and now chapter two are available for free. So he skipped one. chapter one. Well, the, it was weird because the first one was announced as the prologue or whatever, but then he kind of later went back and called it chapter one. Got it. Okay. Very I weird. believe. Very weird. I also have not been playing this, so he's to say. Yeah. Could be completely wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's been known to happen. Ramp. Uh, but there you go. That's all the big news this week. Um, it, it was actually kind of a mild week. Uh, yeah. You know, not a lot going. Getting ready for the uh, for the big releases, which typically would have started by now, but obviously all that stuff's been delayed because of COVID and yeah, the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh wave of that. Right. And yeah. And most yeah. of the news focus was on just Deathloop's success, and yeah. fortunately, yeah. none of us here can really attest to that because we haven't played it yet. Waiting for Game Pass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I'm. I, I think I'm we're, not buying that twice. I think I think that's what we're gonna do. I think we're. Did I, I literally bought uh, the like upgraded versions of Dishonored One and Two, Death of the Outsider, and Prey. The bundle, like the week that it was announced that Bethesda was acquired. God damn it! I was like motherfucker, that was a hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> they got him. They're like, we got that son of a bitch, boys. Let's roll it out. Make the sale. Autobots roll out. <laughs> They got him. They got him. Um, but th- but thank you guys for joining us, as always. Um, if you get the chance, head over to facebook.com backslash Um We appreciate all those likes, comments, shares. Follow us on Twitter, at MammothGamesInc, so you know when we go live, do jump just like this. Um, for Mammoth Games Inc., I'm one of your hosts, Night Swarm. With me, as always, Austin, a.k.a. FilterCord. What up? And... Brian, a.k.a. Major Potty. Go watch Vikings. It's on Amazon Prime. The whole series is there. The show is amazing. Yep. There you go. Have a good one, guys.